What an absolutely awesome setting for the show, Josh. What an absolutely awesome setting for the show today. The sun has dipped behind some clouds here, so it's a little bit cooler than when the sun is just bearing down on the field at USA Softball Hall of Fame Stadium. And we are back underway between Oklahoma State and Kansas. Haley Kripe steps into the plate, uh, steps to the plate. Uh, Kansas has a chance to blow this game wide open, Josh. We're in the top of the fourth inning. It's 3-1 to one Jayhawks, and the sacks are juiced with no – oh, two outs, two outs, with two outs. So we'll keep you up to date. I think you'll be able to somewhat hear if anything exciting happens in the back – uh, and I in the background, and I don't know how this started. I've seen it a few times on the text line, but o- Oklahoma has not, nor has the Big Twelve moved back the start time of the uh, OU Iowa State game. Just so you know, I, I, Oklahoma State gets out of it with a, a ground out to short. So three one Kansas as we head to the bottom of the fourth inning. But yeah, no, I still slated for one p.m. Still slated for one. Now again, there are, you know, game, this game could go longer. There's no weather concerns currently, but you never know if maybe a, a storm pops up or not. But, yeah, it's um, it's set for 1 o'clock. I don't know how these things get started either. Does someone just say, I heard they're moving it to 2 and everybody just runs with it as the gospel? Is that what happens? <laughs> yeah, it's got to be, right? Be, I right? mean, it's it would sort of make sense – to just give yourself a little bit more wiggle room to empty the stadium, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, if they were worried about the time portion of it, they probably would have started this game back up at 9 instead of right. 10. Right, right, right. Um, all right, let's, let's roll. Let, let's, hit what we, let's hit what we promised here to kick off our number two, and that is the schedule release yesterday. Now, I of course, I kind of look at it very greedily from a – from a Vegas Raiders point of view. And then, you know, I'm kind of – I want to keep tabs on Derek Carr and see how he does. And I want to see Darren Waller with the Giants. And then, of course, you look at guys as well. So, we'll hit all those in a second. But, Josh, let's greedily talk about, you know, the expected incredible matchups on the Chiefs' schedule. Because, holy smokes, man, like – Non-stop great games. It's just week in and week out. out. You know, Christmas Day, that Raiders game, as we learned yesterday, is going to be the Nickelodeon game. So you'll have the, the Raiders just getting destroyed on Nickelodeon, which will be a fun time. But what was your major takeaway from, from the schedule, or at least from a Chiefs perspective? They're going to be all over the map. And actually, with them being all over the map, I think it broke down in a relatively favorable way. So mm. you've got the the Germany game, and then they've got the bye week afterwards. And uh, th- then you got, a, I believe, a Monday date after that versus the Eagles in the Super Bowl rematch. So it, uh, you know, the traveling to Germany and then the, you know, just jet lag and the emotions of a Super Bowl rematch. You've got that little bye week buffer in between the uh, the two Thursday games that you have. It really kind of feels like you got one Thursday date mm-hmm. because the you know you open the season on a Thursday. So I like the schedule for Kansas City. Yeah, I did too. I mean, I'm just in a very you know envious sort of way. The I, I thought I thought sometimes Josh, 
we get a little bit too caught up, and I and I'm, I was guilty of this talking about wanting that Thursday night game. I want that Thursday night game to be something special. I want it to be big time. But I think I think Chiefs Lions. The more I thought about it, worked out okay. You know the the Sunday night games are spread out. I mean it's it's really it's a really good schedule, and the Sunday night games appear to be games that we're going to be excited about too, right? They play the Dolphins on Sunday night football. They play the Jets on Sunday night football. Um, obviously, the, the Thursday night opener is considered Thursday night football. You know, later in the season, they're going to Green Bay on Thursday night football. I mean, how cool is it to have a Monday night football game uh, in New England uh, later in the season, the Monday night football game against the Eagles coming off the bye week? So from a Chiefs perspective, Josh, I really kind of dug how that played out for you. You know, the the other really interesting thing about Kansas City's schedule, keep in mind Kansas City's in the central time zone, right? That's right. So traditionally you would play in what window, Plank? Well, if you're in the central time zone, you're usually in that noon window, right? Yeah, if you're at home. Right Right. now Kansas City has two noon dates, and I think that's it. Really? That's I mean that's all they have in terms of start times for for noon right now. Huh. Isn't that weird? Interesting. Or, or as uh we like to joke, interesting. You can do whatever you want here, man. I'm just doing a radio show. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That hot? <laughs> that's the that's the Nats? I love you, Joel. Thank you very much, man. Chris I'm good. Chris Plank, nice to meet you. Great to meet you, Joel. Do they so, want to hop on the air? And- Live on the show, Joel just made my day. Josh Helmer, I don't have to hang a microphone out the window. I have Nat access. I don't know if I brought enough mic cord, though. (laughs) Son of a bee. All right. So you could could literally connect into the the microphone itself? Yeah, I mean, they – so there's a lot of really cool tricks here that just quite haven't been – What's the term I'm looking for? Like hashed through for the for the USA Softball Hall of Fame Stadium, and they have a back wall that's got you know where you can plug into everything. And he's like, "Hey, dude, there you go. That's your Nat sounds. These work back here. They've never worked." So exciting times, Josh Helmer, in radio booth number two here at USA Softball Hall of Fame Stadium. All right, reset. You guys only have a couple of noon games. Yeah, that, that's based on what I'm looking at. Chiefs, Jaguars. That's Me too. Uh, set, and that's in Jacksonville, right? Yeah, in Jacksonville. So, I think they've – yeah, they've only got one home noon game right now, and that's versus uh, the Raiders on Christmas Day. Wow. That's crazy. By the way, wh- why do they do that to me on Christmas Day, man? You know, Christmas Day is a day for me to relax and enjoy life and – not be stressed about how bad my football team is. Now they're going to get a curb stomping. Though, speaking of the Raiders, I'm just going to steal right from JT the Brick and what he tweeted. Um, I find it shocking, Josh, and I don't know the why behind it. I find it shocking that the Raiders got one less than the number of maximum primetime games. Shocking. Does this Is this indicative that basically the – the networks think the Raiders are going to be better with Jimmy Garoppolo than they were with Derek Carr. Is that what I'm taking from this? Yeah, maybe so. Or just the the, the draw matchups. of the Raiders. And yeah. I mean, it helps that uh, 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't, have, I don't have a good explanation for that. I don't either. In fact, I was I was look at, when the schedule was released. I kind of do what everyone else does. I'm sure I, I immediately go to my team and try to ignore all the leaks that had been taking place throughout the day. And I'm looking through this and I'm I'm going well, wait that's that's Sunday night football in week three. There's a there's a Monday night football game in week five. Wait, hold on. There's another Monday night football game. Wait, there's another. It's just. What, what happened here? This team that had uh, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs and you know, Darren Waller last year, they, they weren't even nearly that number of primetime games. And this year, wow, I was, I was impressed. He, he, but I'll, like I said, I'm, all, I'm with JT on this one. Primetime games, good to see. Good to see maybe some of that getting back. Uh, OU, oh, you listen to me. Vegas does play its first two games on the road. They go to Denver and Buffalo in back-to-back weeks. Not good. The bye week is very late in the schedule for the Raiders. There is a chance in the midseason run, you know, depending on what Jordan Love is and kind of what the Giants are, but there is a stretch where they, uh, where they play Green Bay. They've got New England, Chicago, Detroit, and the Giants in in four straight games. So there's a chance to – maybe put some wins together there. And, you know, it seems as if the Raiders and the Broncos always find each other early in the season. And so week one, no better way to start it than in Denver, and that, that kind of sets the tone for your whole season. So I, uh, I got to admit, I was a little bit surprised by that. Things that weren't surprising to me, Josh. Okay. Man, the networks are falling in love with what the Jets could be, aren't they? Oh, no doubt. I mean, right from the word go. As they should be. Right. As they should be. Um, the other team that they're falling in love with that I, uh, and again, I'm, I don't know. I didn't think they were going to be all that great last year and they surprised me, but I was, I was really surprised with how much the Detroit Lions got in, in the, in the world of prime time. That kind of surprised me a little bit, including the opener of the season. I mean, they, they go to prime time right off the bat against Kansas city, but then couple weeks later, the Thursday game against Green Bay and Lambeau. Monday night football against the Raiders. They're, uh, they're probably going to be prime time against the Broncos, prime time against the Cowboys. I mean, it, some of these games can be flexed, right? And I believe there's this, the, the flex possibility for Monday night football that's been talked about. But Yeah, I think it, like the whole final however many weeks right. they, they can flex them out. Uh, they brought Joe Buck on – NFL Live yesterday to talk about, well, just that. The, the, at that time, the opener that had gotten announced, and then uh, they shared the Super Bowl rematch, Kansas City mm-hmm. and Philly, and he said, you know, one good thing is now we're not going to be beholden to these maybe late in the season not-so-great matchups either. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're ever going to get to the point where – I don't think you're ever going to get to the point, Josh, where they're going to make Thursday night games flexible. I just don't. I, I don't yeah, because think, teams aren't cool with it. Yeah, I, I think teams are going to fight back like crazy on that. But um, one other note, one other note on, on Monday night football that or just I guess you're talking about you know, Joe Buck and just thinking about it in general, um, I, I, I kind of I dig the Monday night football schedule. And I'm a big Monday night football guy, um, always have been. And I thought 
I thought we really get some marquee games on Monday Night Football, and you don't, you know, you don't typically see that, and I feel like we have over the last few years. I mean, you open with Bills Jets, so you get the opener for Aaron Rodgers in a Jets uniform. You know, you, I, I know that I'm like the only guy excited about Derek Carr with the Saints, but you know, Derek Carr versus you know probably Bryce Young in Week Two, uh, Eagles Bucks on a Monday night, the. Uh, Chargers-Cowboys on a Monday night. Chiefs-Eagles on a Monday night. I just – Chiefs-Patriots on a Monday night. Josh, I kind of I kind of feel like these last few years and maybe spending some money to bring Joe Buck and Troy Aikman in is helping. I feel like we've got some juice when it comes to Monday night football. Speaking of uh, primetime and those that surprised with too many or the mainstays – on primetime. How about those that won't be a part of primetime? Four NFL teams missing from primetime spots this year, Plank. The Texans, the Cardinals, the Colts, the Falcons. Hmm. Interesting. Technis, uh, Texans, Cardinals, Colts, Falcons. No primetime games. Imagine saying that to somebody last year with as much as we slobber all over Chris Ballard and the job that he's done as a general manager. Hey, you know what? In two years, the Colts aren't going to have a primetime game. Not with Chris Ballard running the show. All right, bottom of the fourth inning, Oklahoma State has rallied. They've got runners at first and third with two outs. They've pushed a run across. It's 3-2. to two. Kansas leads it. Uh, Oklahoma State looking to tie or go ahead with Caitlin Carwile at the plate. What's um, the Jeff- count? You can't do play-by-play, but uh... one ball, no strike. She just dug in. So, Carwile, I still, I still can't believe that Kansas leads in this game. I, well, I hope they... not, maybe not for long. Right, uh, that's a that's a really good point. <laughs> uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, Josh, boom, three-run bomb from Carwile. How about that? On <laughs> that's, cue. That's amazing. Five to three, Oklahoma State has rallied back. I didn't think Carwile had that kind of power, but she launched that over the left field, over the right field wall. That's crazy. Hey, uh, you want to take uh, a phone call before we hop to our first TO this hour? Sure, let's do it. Where do you want to go? It's Ross, who we've not heard from in some Ross. time. But uh, right. Ross, good morning, man. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, it's great to talk to you again. Um, Chris, uh, I've been living with you through all these games since Duke, like I always do every year, and it's just been another great season. It's gone way too fast. Um, so thanks for everything on the play-by-play. It's wonderful living through you every year. I appreciate um, that, man. Uh, secondly, um, this is just real quick, because I've got an incredible historical fact for you that's probably going to go down Sunday night. Um I think next year, Patty Gasso may have her best team she's ever had. I was looking at all the seniors coming back and the pitching staff and who we're going to get, and we'll get another transfer from somewhere. <laughs> uh, you know, and I think it's going to be the greatest team she's ever had next year. Um, the uh, last thing I wanted to tell you was, I know you're younger than I am. Um, what, what were you doing in 1983? 1983. Well, Ross, I was eight years old. Um, I think a Nintendo had just came out, so I was I was all in on probably Mario Brothers. Uh, we go. had 
We had a massive trash dish satellite where we had just moved, so I loved trying to watch um, pay-per-view games on, and boxing matches on there. So, yeah, I was living the life at 8. Why you ask? Because that would be the last time that Arizona and Arizona State did not make the NCAA softball tournament. Wow. Wow. I studied up. I studied up on this the other day when both of them were – it was looking dark for both of them about a week ago, and I think they're both done. And uh, they don't have either one of them in bracketology, in the final two bracketology. So I looked it up and studied it, and that's the last time that neither one of them made the tournament. So I really? thought you'd like that info. Yeah. Wow. So what? give me the year again. 84? 83. Oh, eight. Wow, 83. So, yeah, I just turned eight. I, would, I thought I was a big deal. Hey, thanks for the call, Ross. I appreciate it and the kind words. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It is, it's funny. Ross brings up a point that I talk about quite a bit, and it's this. You know, we joked about it even whenever I was off on my first trip to Los Angeles. And remember, the, the first weekend of the softball season now coincides with the Super Bowl. So I said it when I was in L.A. and we were doing shows. I said, Josh, we're going to blink and we're going to be in the postseason. It's just it's how this sport goes, man. You you spend so much time getting excited about it and maybe even trying to temper the excitement and expectations. And then all of a sudden it's first pitch, you blink and boom, it's 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 over. I I always <laughs> I don't ever want to do anything else from February to June because I feel like <laughs> I feel like it just gets you through it so quickly that you know as long as you win and as long as you're successful and people are are supporting it man it just it cooks and trust me I I joke with coach about this all the time there's sometimes where it feels like it's the fastest season you've ever been a part of and there's sometimes where it seems like it's the absolute longest season you've ever been a part of but i i will say from uh, the latter perspective the long I, I haven't felt that at all this year josh it's been absolutely fantastic you've been one of my my favorite years with this team they're just everything is so buttoned up everything has been so fun um i, I hope they get to continue the fun for uh, for a long time this year all right we're do a break it's 10 22 the other quick schedule notes that I wanted to bring up is that Baker Mayfield and we all I mean are we assuming Josh that he's going to win the job over Kyle Trask oh I mean I think he's definitely the favorite yeah um they open up their season at Minnesota in a uh, in a noon game at Minnesota I don't they have a primetime game in week three so they're on Monday night football in week three so I hope I hope Baker will still be all over it by week three. Um, but that's a that's a game worth keeping an eye on. And, you know, I, I, I guess from the standpoint of seeing seeing an Oklahoma Sooner offensive lineman go in the first round, the Jacksonville Jaguars, you, you mentioned week two, right? That's whenever they take on the that's whenever they take on the Chiefs, and that's uh that's one of the few noon games that the Chiefs have. But um Jacksonville and Anton Harrison open up their regular season in week one at the Indianapolis Colts. So week one at the Colts for Anton Harrison. And why did I why did I just completely draw a blank as to who drafted Marvin Mims? 
Um, oh, the Broncos. Nah, yeah. Marvin Mims opens up against the Raiders. <laughs> that explains everything. Yeah. yeah that's, that's why. I mean, I love those dudes, and I'm going to support them. Um, the Denver Broncos? It's been hard. No, 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 no. Mims and DTY. Uh, and, I, I thought you were saying you loved and want to support the Denver Broncos. <laughs> I'll support. I have no problem supporting the Chiefs because you're one of my best friends. We do a show together every day, and Patrick Mahomes is an easy guy to root for. Right? It's hard not to like Patrick Mahomes. Can't say the same about Denver and the Chargers. Can't do it. All right, we're headed to the bottom of the fourth oh, – sorry, top of the fifth inning here. Oklahoma State – has taken a 5-3 to three lead over Kansas thanks to a Caitlin Carwile three-run home run. So we go to the fifth. Oklahoma State in the Big 12 tournament leads Kansas 5-3. to three. The best of the text line is next right here on The Ref. Is it okay to go back to a, a story that we were talking about a little bit earlier in the program? I yeah I, I would imagine so. So I was I was I was I mean our show I don't know why I feel like I need to ask for permission but here we are. Um, we were talking in hour one. I asked if if I gave you an all day pass to either live or the Big Twelve tournament for softball, which would you take? And it's been kind of an interesting case study on the. Meyer Chevrolet text line. And I was, I was actually texting with the boss man about it, too. And let's remember, we got a lot of really cool golf events coming to the, you know, the Norman OKC area. In addition to, you know, live in the 918, you've got, you know, the Corn Ferry is coming here. And I, I told him, like, listen, man, I'm, I dig the Corn Ferry Tour because there's a lot of former OU golfers and, and Big 12 golfers in general. But we also, Josh, have the Norman Regional. That's going to get underway here, you know, what, next weekend at the at the Jimmy. So there's a lot of really cool golf events that are coming to town. So I, I it's not me being anti-golf. I just kind of thought, huh, I wonder, I wonder how big of a deal this is going to be. And here, here's two things that I got off the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line is Kansas trails Oklahoma State now five. Uh-oh. Ah, it's going to get short of the warning track. Kansas trails 5-3. to three. Lyric Moore just sent one to the wall. So uh, Oklahoma State has retaken the lead with a four-run fourth, and now two outs in the top half of the fifth for Kansas with a runner at first. We'll keep you up to date on this game. Um, Oklahoma's game time is still at 1 o'clock. It will be fluid, though, if this game happens to go long. All right, back to the point. Um, this is from Jay in Tulsa. Jay writes, crowd estimates – per KOTV here in Tulsa were around 10K for the entire tournament. What's three days? 10K? I don't know if they would include the – I don't know if they would include the um, – Practice rounds. Thank you. Gosh, man, that brings – It's got to be more than that, right? That's why – you know, when I said if the projections are at 10K, that seems – For each day or – No, no, it says – he says 10K – for the entire weekend. Now, man, that's yeah. That's I mean, bad. That would, yeah, that wouldn't be good at all. But but my point, I clarify, Jay, because the very next text from the nine one eight says, "Live doesn't usually announce attendance at events." Also, a bunch of my wife's friends who care nothing about golf are going to watch a Laney Wilson concert tonight. You have to buy a Live golf ticket to go to the concert. Oh, thank you, Laney. Um, question. Yeah. Do I know who Laney Wilson is? 
I don't know that you do. I don't know that I know who Lainey Wilson is. Is that a country star? Lainey Wilson is an American country singer. Heart Like a Truck. Yeah, that's a good song. All right, there you go. Heart Like a Truck, Watermelon Moonshine, Things a Man Oughta Know, Smell Like Smoke. I'm just going to tell you right now, I've never had anyone get excited if I happen to smell like smoke. So maybe maybe Lainey Wilson's a little bit of a different breed. <laughs> but that, that's fair point. I mean, do attendance numbers even matter? Okay, so Rusty from the 918 says it's 10K per day estimate. That, that's good, right? And 10K over three days would not be good, and it would make sense while, why every time that you have a uh, – a Facebook post, it, it's tagged with like a live golf promotion. But that would make a little bit more sense. Uh, Cody writes, I'd be there as long as Phil Mickelson hits bombs. Um, and then there is this. From the 5-1-2. Sorry to beat a dead horse, boys. But so looking forward to the co-coach of the year battle. But alas... That did not come. No, they could not hold up their end of the bargain. I think I figured out how Glenn got the co-coach of the year. He may be responsible for flipping the switch for OU's rest of the season. Yeah, I'm not – I haven't had a chance to talk to Coach about it. I think I've been – you know, if I understand correctly the voting, which there is a good chance I don't, but every coach gets a vote. You've got then seven ballots – you can't vote for yourself. And I know two coaches that would make sure that it would be tough for Patty to win the award. So, that's I guess if you had it at four to three, when you can't really have a tie because there's seven votes, they would probably make it co-coach if it was that close. But that's, that's the only thing, Josh, I can come up with. Would you like to hear a little Laney Wilson? Sure. I have no idea who she is. Apparently she's performing at the Live Golf Tournament. Hmm. Sounds like a song that I would say I've never heard of before in my life. Play on my radio and my 14-year-old daughter would know every every word to the song. You know, I Good song. Okay. All right. There's Lainey Wilson. All right, it is Laney Wilson of the Live Golf Tour. Uh, yeah, they, so here's they're, they're saying the estimate is 10K per day. Okay. And then there's a few. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I, I, I don't listen to country music to the 405, just the reigning female vocalist of the year. So let me, okay, question, Josh, question. I have a question. Uh, yes, please, go ahead with your question. Why would people not be outraged at her for playing at a Live Golf event? If everyone wants to act all angry about, you know, Phil and Dustin Johnson and these guys, why then wouldn't that kind of carry over to everybody? Oh, I'm, I would imagine you, that it you think has. There is? Okay. All right. Let's see. Uh, let's see if there's anything. Uh, Maybe. I, I'm sure there will. Let's check out Laney Wilson's Twitter feed and see what's <laughs> going on. <laughs> that might be fun. All right, listen. Um, let's get a break. Uh, it's – 10.35. Wow, this show's kind of flying by on a Friday. We, uh, we're watching Oklahoma State and Kansas go at it. The Cowgirls have rallied back from a 3-1 fourth inning deficit with four on the board in the bottom half of the fourth inning. They lead it 5-3. to three. 
The winner of this game will get Texas later on today. The loser, adios, season over. And 1 o'clock, first pitch for Oklahoma and Iowa State. We'll be on the air with a 12.45 pregame show. We're back with – I don't. I, I want to um, talk about Jimbo Fisher. I want to talk a little bit about Jimbo Fisher, Josh Elmer, and we'll dive into the Texas A&M coach next right here on The Ref. When's the last time, Josh Helmer, you went to the laundromat? The laundromat? The laundromat. I don't know that I've ever gone to a laundromat. (laughs) I went yesterday, middle of the day, after the show. Boy, I've had quite a couple afternoons off, haven't I? I had a, what was it, Monday afternoon off, and I, uh, I decided to fight with people all day on Twitter about whether or not Grace Lyon's foot was on the bag. It was a good time. Memories. And then I had a – and when I say time off, let's be very clear. They're, I'm still doing stuff. But it's just a little bit more <sighs> exhaled, right? Yesterday we had an, an emergency situation at the home where apparently, I don't know, two, two stupid rugs needed to be dried. Does anyone else dry their rugs? Because apparently my family does. So – um. And it was funny because I was at Cavens and I was joking with Gary about it. And Gary's like, bro, we got a dryer right here. You should, could you imagine me showing up at a remote, Josh? <laughs> it's like, hey, Gary, uh, we're going to talk about Cavens Group, but you okay if I use the dryer no. for a little bit? <laughs> That's totally unacceptable. <laughs> I mean, Brian and Casey might think I'm a hayseed uh, already enough, but could you imagine the next meeting they have with Cavens? It's like, yeah, Chris brought um, – a laundry basket full of like wet rugs and towels. So I, I heard know. you guys got a washer. <laughs> but no, it's uh, I'll just say this: it's an experience, a little bit of a different world. You know, it's kind of a not saying there's anything bad or, or wrong about it. I kind of sat there and stared at my phone and giggled to myself for about the 45 minutes it took to dry five things, which cost me five bucks. But just uh, you know, roughing it a little bit yesterday, Josh. Roughing it. And now, you know what my next step is? I'm going to add appliance repairman to my resume as I go home and fix the belt on the dryer today. What percentage of a chance do you have with me actually being able to pull this off? Because I've got it like at 10% right now. What do you think? Uh, I'll give you I'll give you 25. 25? One out of every four okay. times you get right. it done. Hey, like I've learned – YouTube tutorials for everything. You can find a way to do anything. Um, hi, I'm Dr. Uh, Granted here. Welcome to my YouTube page. Today we're going to show you how to do open heart surgery. All right? It's much easier than you might. <laughs> I know. It's, <laughs> it's like, wait, A little bit what? scary. It's, it's, uh, first, make sure, that the, um, make sure that your patient is fully and, and completely uh, subdued. Some point. <laughs> um. Jimbo Fisher, Josh Helmer, Jimbo Fisher said something interesting earlier this week. I believe, I believe I heard this on the Steel Man and Thune at noon show. I, um, I didn't talk about it as much as I wanted to, but it, it, I think just a general thought. How do you feel about Jimbo Fisher? Fan? Feel like he's a good coach? Where do you stand on Jimbo? I'm. Uh, I used to think he was a good coach. I, I okay. think he's less of a good coach now. I think he kind of 
maybe just found magic lightning in a bottle with uh, Jameis Winston. So he's yeah. going to have to show okay. me that he's, in fact, a good coach. But the, Jimbo, the person, he's a, he's a personality. He's, right. he's, I, I find him to be – I don't know that I really like him. I don't know that I really dislike him. I'm probably neutral to Jimbo and would lean probably more toward I find him entertaining than, than uh, obnoxious. I find Jimbo Fisher to be a guy in five years from now that we're watching on like an SEC Network Plus broadcast. It's like, welcome to, uh, welcome to the OU spring game. You know, I'm Chad McKee, and here's my partner Jimbo Fisher who's helping us out today. <laughs> right? It's just I, it's kind of where I see his future right now. But I'm going to read the clarification, then I'm going to read the statement first. You ready? This is from Carter Carroll's who covers Texas A&M for Gigham 24-7. Here was his clarification tweet. He said, before my mentions go completely bonkers, just know that Jimbo was being pretty lighthearted in front of a Fort Worth crowd saying this. Now, that does not diminish the 1.7 million views of this statement. Are you ready? Have you seen this? Go ahead. Okay. If you've seen it and talked, I didn't know if you guys talked about it on Locked no, 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 On no, no, or not. Okay. No, no, go ahead. Jimbo Fisher at the Fort Worth Aggies Club this week, quote, asked about TCU. They stayed healthy. They had a lot of experience. And they got to where they had to get to. And then when they got to the SEC, it changed, didn't it? It's like, whoa. Now, again, not incorrect, right? Not incorrect, but it sounds to me more like a little bit of an oh error. And Oklahoma, this Oklahoma State, Naomi just threw it away. Kansas has scored a run. Sorry, sorry. Live game going on in front of me. That's my. Uh, that's who I would have on my first team, who just threw the ball away after dropping it. All right, five four. Kansas has the tying run at second base. Uh, back to it. Do you have anything wrong with this? Do you see? Because I, I, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's funny. I guess my point is I have a bigger problem with just Jimbo Fisher saying it. And he always say, you know, see what happened. That's what happened when they, they got there, right? Whenever – go back and look when – and I know this is a hard practice because everyone's freaking out about Oklahoma going to the SEC. But look at the first two or three years A&M was in the SEC. Look at the first two or three years that Missouri – was in the SEC. Josh, go look at the first two or three years that Nebraska was in the Big Ten, right? They had good teams. They were competing for championships. So, obviously, Georgia and Alabama have that another level in the SEC, but you have a big problem with that? Any issues with it? Or just a coach who should be allowed to speak his mind and support his conference, maybe also defend himself a little bit? My thing is... Don't lump yourself in with Georgia. Stop it. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, they, they ran into the SEC. No, they didn't run into the SEC. They ran into Georgia. Okay. So I agree. Don't don't take your, your – this, this is the same thing that we see on and on and on from SEC coaches and fans. Stop it. You're not Alabama. You're not Georgia. <laughs> they didn't run into you. They ran into the team that won the national championship and has won back-to-back national championships. The text line has some takes. We'll get to it next. That's funny. That's a really good point. They ran into the SEC. What happened? Well, I mean, they ran into Georgia. 
I mean, it's not like they ran into Vanderbilt there or anything, but we'll dive into it next. Uh, we're going to the bottom of the sixth inning. Kansas trails Oklahoma State 5-4 to four in what's been an incredibly entertaining resumption of this game. Um, other games going on in college softball. Do we have anything else right now? I believe we've got Tennessee getting underway in their game against Florida. Uh, yeah, they're in the top of the third. Tennessee leads it. Three zip. Florida State's all over Virginia Tech. Six nothing in the bottom of the second. Boy, Virginia Tech. Talk about a team that's imploded this year. Not a good look for the Hokies. But as it stands right now, five four OSU leads Kansas. We're at the Big Twelve tournament with the Plank Show right here on the Ref. All right, let's uh, sit a few of these texts. Four zero five six five one three four three nine. That's the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet Long Distance Line. Four zero five. Six five one, three four, three nine. Um, <laughs> all right, let's. I, I appreciate all the support on me changing my dryer belt later today. Let's uh, let's just see how it goes come Monday. Oh, why didn't she come home with it? Why didn't she come home with it? Dude, the Kansas pitcher just made. A terrible mistake. It's It was a 5-4 game. Oklahoma State had runners at first and third. It was hit right back to her, Josh. The, she, the runner from third didn't have to go, and she broke. And the pitcher, I mean, she literally had plenty of time to throw it home and chose to get the out at first base. Wow. Big mistake there. 6-4 now. Oklahoma State has added to its lead here in the bottom of the sixth inning. All right. Um, Here's one. Texas A&M fact. TCU has had more 10-win seasons since 2013 than Texas A&M has had in program history. That can't be right. Is that right? Jeff. No way. You're telling me, and I have some, one of my buddies works at Texas A&M now, so I'm being, I'm being choosy with my words, Tyler Pig, because it's your birthday, and I love you, buddy. But for that group of uh, acting like they've been there constantly, you're telling me that they've only had 12, 10 win seasons? In the history of the program? Come on, Josh. That can't be right, right? That can't be right. That's pretty wild. Um, here's a good one. From the 731. It's funny, but let's be honest. Even the SEC didn't want to deal with Georgia last year. <laughs> from the Touche. From the 336. Jimbo should know. Look what happened to Jimbo when he ran into the SEC. Yeah, he's an expert. Good point. <laughs> uh, camo Sooner. OU is the Bama, Georgia of the Big 12. They have made the conference what it is. And then the 5-8-0. She did that on purpose to help my online bets. Listen, we can't make jokes about online gambling here, okay? We can't do it, especially with some of the problems that have taken place at Iowa, Iowa State, and in Alabama. And then Sean asks a question to put a wrap on the Jimbo Fisher comment about look what happened to TCU 
when they ran into the SEC. Sean writes, is Texas A&M the most overrated program ever? By, by its own fan base? Yeah, probably. Okay, what if I pull that back a little bit? If Texas A&M is the most overrated program from its fan base's perspective, who do you feel is the most overrated program, period? Texas. Texas. I agree. I agree. Now, we'll see exactly how that pans out. We'll see if Texas is any better this year, which if you were to listen to Urban Meyer talk about it, and they've got the best roster in college football. But, yeah, I think Texas would be it. What, one national championship? Two, maybe. I'm sure they claim a bunch of them, right, that they didn't really win. That seems kind of like a Texas thing to do. But, yeah, I, I don't <laughs> – Brandon writes, I've counted 12 10-win seasons for Texas A&M. Yeah, then he's right. He's absolutely right. So, TCU has had 13 10-win seasons since 2000. A&M has had 12 in its program history. Insane. The way they talk about themselves, you would think that they've got just trophy on trophy on trophy at College Station. <laughs> also, is, isn't Appalachian State in the SEC? Gunny, right? Gunny! Gunny! Gunny writes, is this why Muleshoe ran from the SEC? <laughs> and Zane, it's good from Zane. Michigan is a close second to Texas for being overrated. Ooh, Zane, that's a good point. That's a good point. All right, quick break. We're back with the top five stories of the day next.